Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Burgundy Gold Knuckleheads podcast. As always, and as I said a week or two ago, through thick and thin, my main man Reggie's here with me. What's going on, Reg? This man. Is, this is thin. This isn't the thick. <laughs> yeah. I was about to tell you to cut the sound, man. Cut the music. I, I hesitate. I, you notice I didn't play it quite as loud. Uh, yeah. Um, I was like, cut that sh- out. I mean, this is, oh my goodness, man. Um, well, I, I, I guess you know, you're, you're on and umming over the, you know, the Washington commanders loss to the Cowboys yesterday, 45 to 10. Um, in some ways, some ways it feels worse than that. Um, sometimes some ways that's, that's dead on. And you were at the game. Um, so give me your impression of the, the mood at the game. Cause I'm sure the Cowboy fans obviously are happy, but you know, from, from your perspective, how was it at the game? Oh man. Um, if you can't tell by my energy here, I'm, I'm, I'm a little beat down, man. Um, so let's talk about it. So, you know, we went out there, we hung out. Uh, you know, this weekend started, obviously, the rally that was in town right. on uh, Wednesday that we were a part of, which was fun. Had a good time there. And then, of course, Thursday was the game. Uh, people were out uh, tailgating. You know, the vibe was good among, among most fans of Washington. You know, I think we were trying to, you know, give out some positive vibes, hoping for the win. And uh, but we all knew, I think, deep down that it was a tall task to ask right. to to come into Dallas and, and try to steal the win. Um, of course, as the game started, um, I'll, I'll just say this, you know, Ken and I live here locally in the Dallas area. And so we have a dislike for the Cowboys for obvious reasons, obviously, as fans of this team. But then there are a lot of fans that make you hate the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of Cowboy fans. A lot of Cowboy fans yes. make you hate the Cowboys. And let me just say, between tailgating and the game, I'm reminded how much I f- hate this Dallas Cowboys, man. I'm sorry. It just, it, man, you know, we try to keep our podcast clean here, man. But these, these, these folks, man. I, listen, I know there is some bad fans in every in every fan base, but let me tell you, Cowboy fans are some of the damn worst, man. I, I and, and as I'm saying this, nobody bothered us really. Um, yeah. But but you can't help but be around the people. You can't help but uh, you're sitting there, you're listening, you're watching. Um, very very typical. Nobody had had jack shit to say for the most part, and then all of a sudden the game starts getting blown out, and now all of a sudden you, you get real mouthy to talking to other fans and all of that. It, it, it's right, just right, it's right, just right. typical Cowboy fan. They didn't have anything to say much early on, and then when the game started to get out of hand, now all of a sudden we're the big, bad Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to – right. you know, it's just all of that stupid nonsense, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I was sitting near near some folks that, for the most part, were very cool, and you know, I, and they were fine. Uh, we we talked a lot during the game and stuff like that. But uh, but but again, the game for the most part was fine. I mean, it was 
it was it was it, the, the environment was okay except for some knuckleheads. I mean, for all right, for lack right, right, right. lack all tens of purposes, it was just some knuckleheads there that you're always going to get at these games, and uh, and of course, um, as the game got out of hand, pretty much Cowboys knew that they had won the game. Then then the true colors kind of came out at that point. Right, right. Um, but I think as a fan of the Washington Commanders, anytime you lose to the Cowboys, it seems like two losses. And from my perspective, you know, we had done our confidence number. Confidence number as in do we think we win the game? And mine was at a three. So I didn't have a lot of confidence that we win the game. But I certainly hoped that we would make the game close. I hoped that the game would be competitive. I hope the game would have come down to the point where Cowboy fans are feeling like, whew, man, that was a tough one. We won, but, man, right. y'all made that tough on us. And and everything that I had hoped for was the complete opposite. We we looked on national television. We looked, we looked awful. And yeah. I will go back to say this, man. I, I, I can't quite put my finger on it, Ken, and I said this to you last week. And after the last two games now, I, I'm still baffled. I don't know what has happened to this team offensively. Um, we don't look the same. And I don't know what has changed. I really don't, man. Right. But the way this offense looks now is what I would have expected early in the season. It's like they don't look comfortable in it. It looks like we're unsure of what we're doing. It looks like it looks very stagnant. We, we can't complete get first downs. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. it just looks very different the past two weeks, and I don't know what has changed. And the way the offense looked early in the season, I would expect the way we will look now. Right, and it's the complete opposite. It's like it's like we've regressed for some reason, somehow, and I don't know what the hell has happened. And I I don't even know. Obviously, our points are down, so you have to say it's a regression. But you know, out of sync seems to be a little bit better word and, and 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 again that's normally a regression right but it was it was a very inconsistent from an offensive perspective and, and you and I text a little bit about it during the game and and it's one of the things I have I've got written down here is we would drive there was the one drive in particular um where we drove down Got around the forty-ish yard line. Uh, had some had some good plays. Creative. It was it was a mix of of passing and running and some slants and some drags across the middle. Um, got down around the forty-ish yard line. On first down, I think first down. It was we picked up nine yards. It was second and one. And we, I think, I think we went long on one, and then the other two were were run plays, and we went for it on fourth down. And I'm like, these plays that we're calling on second and one, third and one, fourth and one, the entire game were head scratchers, right? It it was like, hey Cowboys, this is the play that we're going to run. We're going to tell you we're going to we're going to run the ball right here, and. It, it was just you could see them lining up. You could see what they were doing, any kind of motion. I knew as a fan where they were running it or where they were going to try to throw a slant slant to it, just the way it was set up. 
and 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 I'm a knucklehead sitting on the sitting on in my recliner watching this game. Um, and so it was like the play calling by EB, I thought was very creative for a while. And all of a sudden we it gets down to short yardage. And I don't know if we're just bad at short yardage. I don't know if it's the play calling. Um, I will continue to say one of the best plays that Sam Howell does is a rollout, right? Third and one, roll, ro have him roll out to his right. That's his strong arm and have somebody, you know, ha have a running back out there, have a tight end out there and have a wide receiver out there. And he's got at least two options, if not the additional option for him to run. Um, and, and speaking on running, Sam, Howell, are you ever going to learn how to slide? <laughs> you know, I mean, you're picking up the first down and, and instead of sliding, he, he runs 10 yards to get out of bounds, just slide. <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, he, he refuses to even do it, but we used to laugh at how bad RG three did he RG three looked like, you know, like, like he was just fell out of a weir wheelchair trying to slide and Sam Howe refuses to do it. Sam Howe's going to get hurt one of these days doing it um, or, or, or for lack of doing it. Um, it. It just, our short yardage throughout this game and a lot of times throughout this, I'll say the last few weeks at least, has been, has been rough, tough to watch, man. It has been very, very frustrating. Ken, you know, man, this team started out 2-0. and Okay, this is how bad it is. This team started out 2-0. and And over the past 10 games since the 2-0 and start, we're 2-8. and 2-8. and Which brings us to our 4-8 and record, right? Right, right. Um, just like when we played the Giants the first time, and I told you that that Giants lost, told me everything I needed to know about the team and, and the season. This game yesterday was the final nail into, I realize we're a bad team, right? I, I, I know everyone knew that this would be a transition season. And although we was transitioning as an organization, the coaching staff and a lot of the players were still there. So here we are thinking that going into our fourth year, we will finally see some improvement, right? Whether that offensively we would look better, defensively we would play better. And I don't think many of us thought that we would be a Super Bowl contender, but we certainly thought that we'd be a tough out for most teams. And in year four, we, you know, we'd be a very competitive team. You got to bring your lunch pail, your hard hats, and that type of thing when you come to play Washington, right? Because we're finally about to turn this thing around. Right. So, but yesterday, I realized we are a bad team. And not only are we a bad team, we're bad almost in all areas. And I don't know, you know, I know a lot of people love to say that it's coaching and it's scheme. Maybe, you know, nothing is different except for the offensive scheme. But you watch other people play, wide receivers are open. Our, our offensive scheme, our guys aren't open. You watch defensively, we always get blown coverages. 
right? We can't seem to get pressures on quarterbacks. And I don't want to hear anything about Chase Young and Montez Sweat being gone because, hell, they weren't getting a ton of pressure even when they were here. Right. They would have their moments, but it wasn't consistent. You watch you watch a team like Dallas and some of these other teams, they get pressure. Right. They make the quarterback uncomfortable. You can stop the run sometimes. And it's like we don't have, as you like to call, difference makers. We have some hell of a players and we have some good players. But we don't, we, you know, we don't have a ton of playmakers on our team. And the thing that concerns me now is I know everyone will say, we're going to have a new GM, we're going to have a new head coach, and we got $90 million. Well, $90 million in cap space ain't going to go a long way when you got to pretty much buy your whole new team. Because we well, got a lot of holes to fill, man. We got a lot. And that, and again, yesterday reminded me, I'm like, we can't run block. We can't pass block consistently. Wide receivers aren't getting open. And defensively, we can't get pressure. We can't tackle. And we can't cover. So, damn near, we need a whole new team. Well, I, I'll, I'll go out there and 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 say, um, and, and I'll make my statement, and then I'll kind of follow up of of, of the news here. Um, I think coaching matters, right? A, a good coaching staff can take a a very average team and make them competitive. They might not make them a Super Bowl team, but they make them competitive. And a and a bad, and a poorly coached team can take a team with with decent talent. And make them look bad, okay. um, and I, and I think that is definitely part of the case that has happened in Washington on defense, and because of that uh, today, most people have heard this by the time uh, that they hear this podcast. Jack Del Rio, the defensive coordinator for Washington, was fired today, and uh, defensive back coach uh, Brett was how do you say it? Vesselmeyer? I don't know. The damn guy was coaching high school. Um, yeah, he, he he was also fired, and 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 it's overdue, right? I don't think anybody would have had a problem last year when Scott Turner left. If you told me that Jack Del Rio uh, was leaving, also, uh, I I don't see anything that this coaching staff has done that has made our scheme, made our players better. Um, the, 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 the creativity that you just see with Dallas, the way they run their stunts, the way they throw some, their, their blitzes in the angles that they come in, the movement that they move people around that they, that they consider to be stud players. Um, it, it frees them up to get to the quarterback. It frees them up to be able to make, uh, even calculated risk plays right on, on the, on the interception, uh, that was was returned, you know. Now, granted, when, when you're when you're up by twenty plus points, you can gamble as a, as a defensive back, and it's not going to hurt you. Um, but I don't think Jack Del Rio and staff have done anything from a coaching perspective that has made the the players themselves perform better than what they're playing. Um, I don't I don't see offenses. The offenses that we play against, I don't see us challenging them for an entire game, right? Win or lose, right? If a team is better than you, they're they're better than you. But when you can't, when you don't put pressure on the quarterback, uh, you there's obvious times where this would be a, a fantastic time to blitz, and we don't blitz. Um, 
blown coverages. I mean, these are the same base uh, minus Forbes. Uh, th these are the same defensive backs and safeties that have been there for a, for a few years. You know, a couple years, a few years. You shouldn't have be having these breakdowns and looking over. Oh, he just caught it for a touchdown. I'm looking at you. You're looking at me. Who had him? I don't know. You had him. I thought you had him. I thought you were handing him off. I didn't have him. You had him. It's utterly ridiculous. And it, it, it comes down to, to me, it comes down to coaching. I mean, again, the GM, the new GM that comes in um, will will make the decision and evaluate as he gets his coaches on whether it's a coaching issue hopefully it's a coaching issue right we can change that easily we can change that quickly um hopefully it's not hopefully it's more of a coaching issue than a talent issue because one is to your point it's not a matter of changing one or two players you know if, it, if it's a talent issue a lot of times you got to change eight nine ten players and again that normally takes longer to do through uh, through the draft, through free agency, uh, through the maturation of the players that are currently there, learning a new system. Um, but it is it, it's it's it, it's you know um, it, it, it it is frustrating beyond the point. Um, I got got to you know on on a, on, your, on we we always do our confidence level. You know, with what's your name, what's your number, Reggie. What 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 is your confidence level with five remaining games uh, against the Dolphins, the Rams, the Jets, the 49ers, and we end with the Cowboys? What's your confidence level that we will win one more game? I don't know. I, I don't know what my confidence level, and to be quite honest, we I don't care that we even win another game. I mean, what, what's the point? Right? Well, I, I, and, and, I, and I said it before, and I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I don't care. My, it's my opinion. My opinion is going out and starting to win these next games gets you nothing but a terrible draft pick. And and the people who are anti that mentality will say it doesn't matter where you pick the player. You just got to pick the right player. Well, that's easier said than done. Because if the, if, if the NFL draft was such an easy process, then you wouldn't have people where you're drafting guys too high, end up being a first-round buzz, and you wouldn't have guys who ends up being Hall of Famers drafted in the late round because if you knew that he was going to be a future Hall of Famer, you wouldn't have waited to the fifth round to draft him. You would have drafted him in the first round. So right. don't give me this crap about you got to draft the right players. There's, there's a reason why it's called an evaluation, and you go out and you draft these guys and hope they become the players that you expect them to be. There, it, it, it is not an exact science. So for me – you have a better chance and a better option to pick players when you got high draft picks. But in this case, but in this case, this defense is this defense was terrible, right? And I'm gonna show you this. This came across my phone right before we went on. Okay. They were talking about it on television. Points per game from the defensive side. Washington was is giving up 29.2 points per game. Mm. That's the worst in the league. Right. Okay. The next category, yards per play. We're giving up 5.9. Let's round that up to six. We're giving up six yards per play. That's 30th in the league. Passing yards per game, 265 yards per game that you're going to get. That's 30th in the league. And last but not least, total QBR, 55. That is 25th in the league. So from a defensive standpoint, we are one of the worst 
defensive units in the league. And I understand why everybody wanted Jack Del Rio to be fired, Ken. But to me, it is empty calories. Firing Jack Del Rio does what over the next five games? I, the only, I, I will say the only thing that, that, that it does is, it, again, we're not, we're not talking about the old, the old um, regime. We're talking about the new regime. The new regime is going to sit there and say, this is not, this is not acceptable, right? We, we are not going to, we're not going to accept this. And to keep letting our fans think, ah, we'll, we'll fix it later. We'll fix it later. Is, is, is acceptable. I'm not going to say that we're going to be better these last five weeks. What I'm saying is they are saying to, who's to, they? to the fans, to the players, to the staff, that empty. this is not acceptable. We're not, we're not going to put up with it. It's empty. That's fine. That, that's okay. how you accept it. That, well, no, me... That's how you accept it as being empty. And in real, and, and the, the results may be empty, but me as a fan, I've been wanting Del Rio fired for, 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 beyond, for beyond the last couple of weeks. So what, right? does this, so what does this do for you? Just because they fired him? I mean, what, what does that do? It, it, it to, does, to me, okay, let me say this. Nothing to, more than, than it shows this regime gets it and continues to get it. Of course um, they got the, it. Of course I, they get it. That's why they're going to fire everybody at the end of the season, kid. Of course they get it. But I, I'm talking, I understand. Okay, let me just say this. Firing him now does nothing over the next five games, right? They're going to fire these guys at the end of the season. And so to fire them just for the, to make it look like we're doing something – to me, you, you you do something because you're going to get something from it. You're just peasing the fans to fire somebody for the sake of firing it. You know, to tell me that this is this is to show people we're not this is not acceptable, then that's why they fire people. That's why you fire these guys at the end of the season. Every regime that comes in here, you know why they, the previous regime was fired? Because we want to show you that this standard wasn't good enough. So we wanted something different. We wanted a change. So we brought in a new head coach and a new regime to do something different. And, and history has shown they come in, they don't get the results. So we fire those guys because why? We want something different because the results need to change. You're firing Del Rio because you want something different. And you want the results to change. Nothing's going to change. So firing the, him at this the point chance, does nothing. The chances, are, the chances are that it won't change, right? But doesn't mean well, it So then won't. why do it? But, but it doesn't mean it won't. Because you're, you're, set, you're setting a standard now. There's no right? standard. So, so set a standard. So set a standard. I will it, over the next five weeks because this because this is terrible. So I'm gonna fire everybody and let everybody know this is a new new start. Reggie, you're you're la you're last in defense. You can't be any worse. So what? So what if we give up fifty points, sixty points, seventy points? Right? So, Does it matter? Okay. So so firing him. So so ne so you're saying never fire any coach during the season ever. That's, that's not what I said. It because they, like it, no, because, no they, because if they had made this move two years ago, I would be like, oh, okay, I get it. They're trying to shake this thing up. But everybody's going to be gone in five weeks, Ken. So what are you gaining for five weeks? What are you gaining by firing this guy today as opposed to the, in six weeks? It, it, was, it, was to an, it was an evaluation process that, that they said from day one. They're evaluating the players, the coaching staff, and they have seen enough. There's their their stomachs are just as sick as you and I are watching this defense play. Okay. And they're like, I can't I, I I'm not putting up with this person anymore running this team. 
right? We we we, we may go down in a in a the plane may crash land at the end of the season, but you're get, you're getting off this plane now. Here's your parachute. Get the hell off the plane. And I will say it again. And I will say it again. And it does nothing. This is an empty move to to try to pacify people that believe like you. And the fans that have been calling for this guy to be fired, all it does is pacify you. But guarantee you, if we go out next week and get Miami and they put up 50 points on us. They might. They, exactly. And then you play and you play the San Francisco 49ers and you play. And if, all they're going to say is nothing changed. Because I don't think that firing Jack Real with five weeks to go in the season is going to give you anything that you're looking for. So you might as well wait it out and you just get just do clean house at the end of the season. If they had done this at the beginning of the season or last year, and you say, hey, we want to start something new, I would totally get it. I just don't understand the timing with five weeks to go in the season. It, and enough it's not is, enough is enough is enough, right? What when, when is when is the right when is the right time to get a divorce? Right? When is when is the right time to fire somebody? When is the right time to you know, whatever in any in any job? Oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna fire that guy after this this project is over. Bullshit. If he needs to be fired, whoop! I'm sorry. I, I sh- we're, we're supposed to keep this PG. I'm, I apologize, there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but if a guy deserves deserves to be fired, you fire him. That's life. That is yeah, life. Kid, if that's the case, then Jack Real should have been fired. Okay? I don't disagree. Right. I don't disagree. And, and the fact that they did not do it when it should have been done weeks ago, then again, it goes to my point. Then what's the point in doing it right now? I, I believe this was just a reactionary mood. Enough pass, is enough. To, that, to that's, pass, the, to, that's the to only reason. No, I, I don't think so. But but that's cool. I, I know I know a lot of people feel that way, and I feel like this was an empty move. And I may be in the minority when it comes to that, and that and that's fine. And, and, we, we, and, and I'll throw in also something we didn't talk about. You know what? What are the, how do the players feel about Del Rio and the defensive back coach? Right? They they may be hate everything that they're calling and doing and scheming and teaching. And so that, that may be part of it. I'm not, I'm not going to say that's the the major reason because, you know, they could hate him and we have a, a hell of a defense and, and people are just going to deal with it. Right. Um, but there may be a lot of tension. They may, again, the one thing you don't want to do from the outside looking in is you don't want your players giving up on your coaches they very well may have given up on Del Rio, tuned him out, and, and you know they're in the meetings and, and they don't even give it two beans. I caught myself on that one, uh, and, and, and so it could be a, from a uh, you know a, 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 the players have a lot of influence, not directly going into somebody's office saying, "Hey, fire this guy." Well, well, that means they quit on the, the room. Your point is, have they quit on the coach? And, it, I, you know, if, if they have, this didn't just come about within the past two weeks. Correct. And, and, if, and if they've kind of sort of tuned out Jack Dario, then, then shame on Ron, because Ron probably should have made this move a long time ago if the players aren't buying into the system. So it, we, we, don't know, we don't know if that's the case. Um, I've not seen any more that has come out of it yet, but there was a little bit of rumor toward the end of last night that there was a little dust up uh pun intended there for, for Jack Del Rio talking about the dust up uh between he and Eric Bieniemy on the sideline uh 
toward the end of the game yesterday. I don't know all the details. I don't know who was the aggressor. I don't know who started it. I don't know if it was EB yelling at Jack or Jack yelling at EB, but supposedly there was some issue with them. And I don't know if this was also what led into a little bit of Jack being released today. Um, Ron was asked about it at his post-game press conference, and he chose not to address it. They asked him, can he give us a little bit of insight as to what it was about? And he said, I, cho I choose not to answer. So I don't know if that little incident was the final straw and what led to Del Rio's release today. But it brings me to ask this question, Ken. Okay. okay. And it's kind of a two-parter. The first part is, do you still believe in EB and, and is EB the guy? The second part is, should Washington be considering drafting a quarterback in the first round? Um, the answer to EB is a resounding, I don't know. Um, and it is, it, it, it almost goes back to, if we go back, I think it was before we started doing our podcast and we evaluated um, Jay Gruden one year. We didn't have a good year, but we kept on fighting. I, I think we we're, you know, back then there was 16 games. So I think we were like seven and nine and, but we had like 21, 23 people on injured reserve. Correct. And a lot, and, and a lot of that was early in the season. And so when you evaluate and, and, and you're missing half of your starters, how are you evaluating the coaching at that point? You know, the fact that we won seven games with half of our starters out, is that good coaching? Is it bad coaching? You know, the, you, you don't know. Um, I would, in a, in a perfect world, from an evaluation, true evaluation perspective, I would want a second year of EB um, to give him an, a, a fair evaluation. I think, you know, some of the things that we're seeing him do, not just these past two games, but I'll say the last three or four games, isn't as much of him learning to be the offensive coordinator as much as him learning, truly learning the strengths and weaknesses of what works with the staff and personnel that we have. Um, people will say, oh, yeah, you know, you – you uh he, he should have been doing that in the in the preseason and everything. Well, look at our three or four preseason games. I guess three preseason games. We thought our tight ends were going to be kicking ass this year, right? Our tight ends were eating it up. Our tight ends are basically invisible. They they, they you know they catch one or two passes a game and that's it. Um, so you know what you see in in preseason does not oftentimes does not translate to the, to the regular season. Um, and so that's my EB evaluation as far as quarterback. Well, hang on, um, hang on before you do that part. So my, my quick deal on EB is I, I, I was all in on EB and I wasn't ready to give up on EB, but if I'm going to be realistic about it, I have to be honest and say EB has gave me reasons to, to now be, to have cause for concern. I'm starting to question now. I, I'm never going to question what he was doing in Kansas City because I don't know what he was doing. But I was willing to give him full carte blanche of whatever he, he was doing here. And I've seen a little bit of uh, things where even I can see what seems to be his tendencies. 
He, he, he seems to be predictable in some areas. And, and what I mean by that is you may not know the play, but you know they're getting ready to run. You may not know the play, but this is a passing down. And if a defender knows that it's a pass, then I just need to get, get pressure on the quarterback, regardless of what the play is on the back end. So he sh he's shown some, some tendency to be consistent in some of his tendencies, and that's not good. But on, on top of that, there's some issues with our offense. And I'm not I'm not ready to say he he's not the guy or can't be the guy, but he is now for the first time giving me cause for concern to question for EB need to be evaluated. At the end of the day, I my gut feeling says that Josh Harris and the group is going to come in and wipe this thing clean. And I think Eric Benham is going to be collateral damage. Oh, I agree hundred percent in that yeah. as a, what, as a, as opposed to, Getting the GM that wants to keep Eric Bieniemy and that type of thing, I think he's going to be released as well. So he he made a calculated decision to come to Washington, and I think in this case it's going to backfire, and he will not be a head coach at least not next year. Well, I, I think what ends up ha is going to end up happening, and because the, the in situations like this, they don't just fire everybody, right? They they've got them under contract, and they'll they'll fire the GM and potentially the head coach bring in a GM bring in a head coach and they'll let the head coach create his own staff now do I think that the the new coach even if it's a defensive minded coach do I think he's going to keep EB probably not right he's got his people that he's been familiar with over the last however many years of his career and so he already has an idea of what staff he would like to bring in so I don't think that EB will be back, but you never know, depending on the, the coach and the GM, or the, I should say the GM and the head coach, if they think that EB is a better offensive coordinator than what they potentially would, would go out there and get. Um, I, think second go, part I, think, I think they go offensive-minded coach, and, and by bringing in an offensive-minded head coach, He's not, he's, he's probably going to want to call the play. Absolutely. So, he, so EB is not going to be a part of that. Yeah. Which is yeah why the, I think EB is going to be gone. Yeah. The offensive mind, if it's an offensive minded coach, I agree hundred percent. There's probably zero chance that uh, EB is there. Um, as far as the quarterback through the draft, um, I've got no problem with Sam Howell. I said first round. I, I, I understand. I've, I've got no problem with Sam Howell, but if you think that the, you know, if you think the quarterback that falls in to your lap at, let's say, say we have the sixth pick, right? If we don't lose any, if we don't win any more games, we're probably in the five, six uh, range. If you think that, that he's better than Sam Howell, I've got zero problems taking him. Because um, ultimately, the, the, the quarterback drives the bus in the NFL. And and I and I want I want a NASCAR Formula One bus driver, you know. I I, I don't want a you know little old retiree driving my bus. I, I want a Formula One driver driving the bus. So I don't know that they would do that. Um, again, this is going to depend on the evaluation that they have with, with Sam. But if they did it, any any ends up being better, um, then I've got no problem with it. Um, and that's not that's not a knock on Sam. I just want I, I know how valuable the quarterback position is, and I want the best possible quarterback that I can get. Okay, let me rephrase that question. Cause because what you said is all 
it makes sense if the guy's better, but we don't know. You you don't know. But from your but from your evaluation, okay. Right? But from your evaluation, right. and based on what you have seen as a fan of this team, and as a fan and a supporter of Sam Howe, based on everything that you've seen up to this point, do you think this team should go in the direction as a top six pick? Should they target quarterback, or do you feel they should leave and kind of go with Sam and move and draft whatever, whether that's trading back in the first? or staying put and picking another position. Based on where we are today, Black Friday, the day Jack Del Rio was fired, the day after Thanksgiving, the day after we got shellacked by the Cowboys, right. does Ken think the Washington Commanders should be considering going after a quarterback with a top six pick in next year's draft? That's what I want to know. Overall, I would say no. Um, okay. I, I'll fall back. I'm, I'm going to fall back to if – you know, if all of a sudden you had the number one quarterback um, and, and you could take uh, the kid out of USC, um, yeah, you take him. You know, he, he's, he's, a, he's a heck of a talent. And I think he's probably better than Sam Howell. Again, there's no guarantees in, in the NFL. Um, but, but if I think somebody is, is actually better, not by a pinch, but I think, yeah, this this guy is without a doubt a, a starting franchise type of quarterback. I'm taking him, but I'm not I'm not chasing after him necessarily. Okay. Well, I will answer I will answer it this way. Just like I said, EB has given me some reasons and cause to be concerned. I say the same about Sam. I'm still a fan. You know, I've been a big supporter and I've not given up. But over these past few weeks, as I said, something is different about this team. And I'm questioning whether Sam has peaked. I'm questioning whether there's some things that Sam does that we've been saying all year long that uh, he needs to improve. And the things that we're talking about is his ability to not get rid of the ball, hold on to the ball. Um, I've listened to the guys that played the game, and they talked about how Sam locks down, locks on the receivers down the field, and there'll be guys – in in the short and intermediate range that he, he, he would refuse to throw the ball there and get five yards. Cause he's looking downfield. And then that right. results in either he's trying to run out for his life, get a sack or whatever the case may be, instead of taking what the defense is giving him underneath through 12 games, he's still not doing that. So now I'm at the point of, is this just going to be who you are or are you going to learn to develop? So for the first time, I'm starting to have some second guesses and some concerns. Sure. So as I sit here today, my answer is I think they should consider and start looking at a quarterback in the first round next year's draft. But Sam has five more games to make me change my mind. So as I sit here today, my answer is they probably should consider that. So you, so eight or nine games didn't make you think that, but two games make you think that. No, it's it's as I told you before, I need to see everything. I'm not quick to make rash decisions. Sure. And Sam was Sam was doing things early in the season, but we said we need to see more. He's still learning. So every week's supposed to be different, right? So here we right. are. So here we are, 12 games in, five to go. Just like we've seen some growth in some areas that he has changed, there's been some areas where he needs to change that there's been no growth. So if you're not going to change some of these things, because the things that I'm referring to are things that are very critical to the success of the QB position, meaning you can't just always go for the big play. 
you got it. You got to cut down on some of the sacks. And, right. And, and, yeah. And I think, I think to your point there, I think on young quarterbacks, it's, it's an either or, right? I, I, I think young quarterbacks are either quick to check down or they're always want the big play. And it, and it takes some maturity uh, to, to be able to mix and match it. And to your point, take what the defense is giving you. And again, we're still talking about a rookie quarterback, but we, we've seen quarterbacks that, that all they do is check down. You know, they're the, the, the king of check downs um, to, to pick up that five and seven yards and they never go down field. Um, so well, I, I, I see what you're saying, but I, I again, I think every quarterback has, has some tendencies and hopefully, you know, maturity and experience will will work that out. Well, well let me be clear. I'm not saying I've given up on Sam. All right. I'm saying is what I've seen the past few weeks has got me thinking that maybe we need to consider consider. And whereas before I would have said, absolutely not, man, you got to build around this kid. Well, now I'm like, maybe we need to think about this, this going forward because the, the quarterback bar in Washington, specifically in Washington has been so low that all it took was a guy that showed a little bit of competency and he could be, we, we would be all over this guy. And, and I mean, hell, just look what we did with Taylor Heineke. And so Sam Howard is, is, is a souped up version of Taylor Heineke and we're drooling all over him and for, for, for some of the right reasons, but are we, but are we in such a dire need and in love with trying to find a quarterback that we're, that we're overlooking some things that Sam has and he may not be that guy. Am I saying that he's not be clear. Right, I want to be right. clear. Are we overlooking some signs here that preventing us from saying, but we may still need to keep looking. Because we're starving for a quarterback here in Washington. And Sam is the best we've had in a long time. But does that mean we need to settle for Sam as opposed to keep looking? And that's what I'm, that's what I'm getting at. I want to be clear. I'm still on the bandwagon. But for the first time this season, I'm thinking maybe, just maybe, we need to keep looking. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I don't I'm, – I'm skeptical that – we should be like looking, looking, um, you know, if you, if you think one of the top couple quarterbacks is better than Sam Howell by, by a long shot, Washington finishing with the fifth or sixth pick should make you happy because to, to move up, to get one of those guys might not take that much, you know, as yeah. far as draft picks, it, it, it's not, you know, when, when you're at, you're still going to have to give up stuff, right? You're still going to have to give up first round picks and second round picks. Um, but when you're at, when you're middle of the pack and you're, and you're drafting at number 16, 17, 18, you're not moving up, right? You're, you're, right. you're just, you're not moving up. Um, but to your point, I, I hope uh, Sam Howell plays some clean football uh, the last five games. Cause I, as a fan, I, I want us to find the quarterback. Correct. Right. And so right now the easy, the easiest thing would be for Sam Howell to be the, to be the man. Uh, we finish with, I'm just going to throw out the, the, the fifth pick in next year's draft. And maybe we can get somebody to give us an extra first round or second round pick that's sitting at number eight, nine, 10, 11, that wants to move up to five to get their quarterback, to get their, 
defensive end, whatever it is that they want. And we can pick up some extra pack picks. We can slide back a few and start building around Sam and retool this defense. Um, and, and, and go from there. So, uh, like I said, when, when you're, when you're picking low and you have a quarterback that gives you so much flexibility, uh, to be able to, you know, fill in the hole with that position or, or trade and, and grab some additional picks and, and potentially players, right? Uh, we've seen the last couple of years is not really common, but we've seen people throw in some players and picks, uh, to, to, to move up. So, yeah, just, just thought, you know, again, I don't know, certainly not saying pretending that I do. It's just as a fan of myself, I found myself for the first time here coming to the realization that we're not a good team. And have we just seen with the, with the bar so low from the QB position that when a guy comes in and plays better or plays good and, and, and we're showing us something that we've never seen in a long time and what other teams tend to have, have we just fallen in love and blind to some of the shortcomings? And so we're like, hey, we found our guy and maybe we need to keep looking. And I'm not saying that we do. Right. I'm just, I'm just talking out loud here between between you, me and some of our friends here about just having some conversations about the about the most important position in football. And that's the quarterback position. Yeah. And and, and another reason why I would like for Haskins to uh, Haskins for Howell to I'm sorry. Well, I'll get to it here. My, my mind's spinning a bunch of things to, to work out is for, you know, all the people out there that have a Haskins jersey a Heineke jersey, a Howell jersey, you know, they're ready to they're ready to just buy one jersey and not have to keep on changing out their jerseys every every year or two, right? Yeah. Um so so that's why, uh that's why you only buy retired player jerseys. Well, or, or or until they're at least yeah, established, you know, get get that you know, like right now is an okay time. You know, once you sign the contract, it's okay to get a, a no. uh, Terry McLaren jersey. That's, pro tip. No, that's that's free. That's a pro tip for you folks. No, you only buy retired. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? The Chase Young jerseys I saw yesterday. <laughs> but that's on first contract. That's first contract jerseys, right? You, you gotta wait. You gotta wait for that that signing. I understand, uh, but but people thought Chase Young, the number two pick in the draft, was that guy. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of Chase Young jerseys yesterday. I, I'm I like, I I'm looking at these people like, you know, you know what? I'm. I know we've got a, a handful of people that from our from our fan club uh, that they go to our fan club uh, here in the Dallas area. And this week, just for grins, I know I've got a a couple jerseys in there hanging in my closet that I kind of shake my head and go, "Man, how did I, how did I get that jersey?" And I, I'm going to wear one. I'm I'm going to wear my worst jersey that I ever purchased. I'm not going to say what it is. We can talk about it on the next one. But if I if I remember, I'm going to set it aside and I'm going to wear the jersey that I'm like, "Man, I bought this jersey way too early." Are you, gonna wear, are you gonna wear it to the bar? Or are you gonna wear it in the podcast? Uh, I can do both. I, I can do both. I, I'll uh, I'll wear it to the bar and um and and go from there. I mean, you know, you can only see kind of my shoulders on the podcast here, and and people that are listening, they can't, you know, they can't see how how pretty my face is. So, uh, you know, right. it is what easy. it is. Easy, easy. Hey, I, hey, uh, hey, hey. I, I may I may get in on that. I got I got a couple. I haven't bought jerseys. Y'all do. Yeah, we all in a, do in a long time, but I may I may go back and pull out uh, pull out one. Yeah, yeah, surprise me. Well, we'll we'll see who. And I know uh, you know there's another can that listens. Drew listens. I don't know the Drew. I've never seen Drew in a in a jersey. Um, 
But, you know, maybe we can put that out there and everybody wear the worst jersey that you ever think that you purchased. Uh, you know, it, it's, and I, I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have a Hainsworth jersey because uh, that, that would kind of might, might lead the pack by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, wear, wear your worst jersey uh, this week just, just so we can have something to laugh at, right? Yeah. Laugh yeah. at ourselves. Yeah, because it's going to be ugly for the next few weeks, man. Yes. Yeah. Playing playing Miami uh, in nine days, roughly. Yeah. Um, so okay. we'll have a podcast on it. We'll 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 talk about uh, you know, I mean, obviously we're we're going to be behind the eight ball on every single game this year, based off the last couple games here. But you know, not only talk about what it'll take to win, but what it'll take to just just to play better and and be the from an offensive perspective, you know, what Hal needs to do, the offense needs to do uh, to have success. You know, it, it, it's going to be a track meet um, to keep up with teams like Miami, but uh, we, we want to be competitive, right? We we always say we want to go take it down to the fourth quarter, um, you know, the last five or seven minutes be in the game. And if, if we come up short, we come up short, but we don't want the game. We hate it when games are over midway through the second quarter. Yep. So, well, all right, man. Well, that's all I got. That's all I got, brother. We'll catch everybody on the next podcast. And uh, I mean, who knows? By the time we do our preview, there might be might be some more big changes. I doubt it, but uh, you know, nah, Jack Jack was a scapegoat, man. We all know that. At least I that, know that, and, and that's okay. Uh, it's not saving anybody's job, but I, Jack, I've got zero problems. Bye, bye, Jack. Jack's I, like I, Jack's like rice cake, man. Yeah, empty calories. Yeah, yeah. And if, for those that have eaten the rice cake, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, if you get a flavored one, maybe you, 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 you feel like you're eating, but you're not. You're not eating. It's like air. Well, <laughs> it, that's basically what he was doing on the sidelines. <laughs> so I don't buy I don't buy rice cakes, and I don't buy Jack Del Rio. So <laughs> both both of them can can make it to the trash. So until right. next time, knuckleheads. Peace out, guys. Peace out. <laughs>